I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's are against the wall, you never have to feel like you got to do it by yourself. You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one to Mims. That's Corey Davis climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like give it like a second chance almost. Gets extra pushes, running left. Maybe a little extra life breathing the block. Touchdown Jets. Boys and girls, welcome to Talking Jets. My name's Ryan, and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilots. I've got Greenbean to my this way and Matt O'Leary to my that way. Greenbean, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm psyched. I love speculation. I love how angry people get about fake shit. I'm ready. Let's do it. Oh, Matt, how are you doing tonight? Good. I didn't have uh, enough of yelling about the quarterback situation, so I went live at 7, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk with these guys from 8 to 10, so it was like three hours of Jets talk in here. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, boys and girls, make sure you hit that like button on the way in. If you enjoy watching the Talking Jets panel, for every 25 likes we get on this video, we're going to pick a t-shirt qualifier from our live chat, and we're going to pick a t-shirt winner at the end of this stream. If you want to get entered after the fact, all you got to do is drop a comment after this video has aired, and you'll get entered into next week's t-shirt giveaway. We do have a poll question in the live chat right now. Which trade would you prefer? Three firsts plus more for Lamar Jackson two firsts for Aaron Rodgers, one second for Carr, or free agent Jimmy G. Um, I guess that one's not a trade, but those are the four big-name quarterbacks that we're going to be talking about. Uh, and I want to get your guys' opinions on this, but let's jump into the clip that we heard from Schefter earlier um, in the week with Mortensen, talking about all the quarterbacks overall, and then we'll come back and talk about it on the other side. This will be the third straight offseason in which Aaron Rodgers' future is the subject of much speculation. But make no mistake, both sides are fully aware that a trade is a very real scenario this offseason for Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are expected to move on from certain players, which Aaron Rodgers probably will not like. The issue here will be the $110 million left on his contract and which team could afford it. But there is a real possibility that at some point this offseason, Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded. Meanwhile, Tom Brady's taking his time to make a decision. No one knows exactly what he's going to do yet, but also after last offseason when word leaked about his retirement, his circle is tightened as to what he will and won't do this offseason. If he does play, there will be personal and professional considerations to take into account. Tom Brady is expected to want to play for a winning franchise if he does decide to continue moving forward. As for Derek Carr, he is expected to be traded at some point this offseason. And as usual with quarterbacks, the demand exceeds the supply. The entire NFC South is expected to be in the market for a new quarterback. 
the Jets, the Commanders, the Colts, the Texans. There are so many teams that need quarterbacks, which elevates the value of Carr. And that is why at some point this offseason, earlier rather than later, he is expected to be traded. Who generated more uh, talk about his future than Lamar Jackson? Because he's only 26 years old, because he enters this offseason without a contract. Now, the Ravens can franchise tag him exclusively for $45 million. That's a big number, uh, certainly during the February to March window. But GM Eric DeCosta said he's sure that they can get a deal done. These things take time. He said they will act with Lamar's urgency because Lamar represents himself. Is Lamar that urgent? You know, he was asked, DeCosta was, would you entertain trade offers at any point if you're not reaching a deal? He said, we're not going to talk about that at this point. All right, so those were the comments made about the quarterback search and situation. Jets obviously looking for a quarterback. My quick thoughts, uh, the first one was Aaron Rodgers. A trade could be possible. Both sides uh, feel like that is a, a could be a potential situation where this could all be headed. Um, I hope so. <laughs> That'd be really cool to see Rodgers uh, in some green and white. I think the Jets, if they do decide to move him to the AFC in a trade, which it, it appears they would, they wouldn't entertain the NFC options. Um, be a good option. Tom Brady, don't want to talk about him. Forget it. He's going to Vegas. Derek Carr. They mentioned that Derek Carr uh, is going to be traded. And that that is surprising to me because I still feel like Derek Carr is going to get cut. It doesn't seem like Derek Carr wants to do the Raiders any favors. And, and here's what I'm talking about. I There's a, a tweet from, let's see, can I add it to the screen? Give me one second here and I'll throw it up on the screen. I think it's this one. Is this right? Bam. Okay. Derek Carr tweeted this, uh, what is it, two days ago? Three days ago. Thank you to all the people reaching out trying to give me their platform to tell my side of what happened. It's the hardest thing in the world not to jump on every interview and tell the whole truth. Thank you, but I'm choosing to move on and give our next city our best. Like, does that seem to you like it's like, it feels like there's more. There's something deeper there that we're not seeing on. When he says, I, I want to tell the whole truth, it feels or implies or is explicitly telling us there is some truth that we are not being told currently. I don't think he's getting traded. Uh, I want to play one more clip real quick. Uh, and this is about Derek Carr's brother. This is a podcast that they want to shoot. So this is David Carr. It's my brother. And he's going to go find another job. He's going to try and play quarterback in the NFL again with another team. And right now, it's a little touchy, okay? There's some things going on. They're trying to work a trade. Derek has to accept the trade. Mark Davis tried to trade me once. That didn't work out. See how it works out for him with my brother. Saying all that, yes, eventually, we'll shoot a podcast. It'll be fun. We'll dig into what all went wrong and that enjoyable season that we all got to enjoy together on the couch in the stadium depressed, excited at times, but left a little bit unsatisfied. I know the Raider fans are excited to, to dig into this, to learn about what happened inside the walls in Las Vegas. We're excited to tell you, but I think we're going to have to wait a little bit, right? If you really think about it, pause the video, think about it, right? You'd wait a little bit. 
So again, with this cryptic stuff, something more going on behind the scenes. I've been saying it for a while now. I think Josh McDaniels submarine the whole season for the for the uh, Raiders, so that way they can move on from Derek Carr and he can select his own quarterback. He lost by what two, three times this year after having leads of seventeen points, blew the most double digit, uh, yeah. you know, games Six. of all time. If this is the guy that's supposed to be some juggernaut on the offensive side of the ball or some brainiac, I does not compute. Something doesn't doesn't pass the sniff test for me. I think there's more going on. I don't think Derek Carr is getting traded. And then on the Lamar Jackson front, that final part of that first clip that we saw, uh, I I don't think we're going to actually get Lamar Jackson. I would be pretty surprised. I think he's probably, like like Green Bean said, uh, staying in Baltimore. And uh, if he is traded, I think he's going to Atlanta personally. Uh, but Green Bean, I'll throw it to you first. What are your thoughts on the Schefter comments and all these quarterbacks that we're kind of talking about here? Well, it's a lot, Ryan. I hope you can. I, I hope know, you're sorry. Gonna, <laughs> I, I hope you're going to allow me to talk for fifteen go. plus minutes. All right, here I've we got go. plenty sorry, of drink. O'Leary. Um, yeah. Uh, number one, I think, uh, and I, I'm going to go for it here. Okay, uh, I think Derek Carr would be talking about it, but he's not allowed to because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So <laughs> not allowed. Ah, but um, bump. Do I have yeah, that? I was waiting, I waiting all day. I was I waiting all day it. for that one. I don't have it queued up. Uh, Let me see if I got it queued up. What do you got? A little prumping, prum sink. There it is. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Yee-hoo! All right. So I, I, uh, I'm glad it landed. At least you guys were listening. Um, so, <laughs> Uh, I think, look, I, I feel just, uh, quickly on David Carr, mm-hmm. I sense a little bit of venom there, a little bit, a little bit mm-hmm. of like, these guys are doing my brother wrong. He brought up a situation he had. Now I know what you're saying, Ryan, about the next mm-hmm. city thing. And I've heard this throughout the week, you know, people saying, well, look, Derek Carr he has the right to refuse any trade. He can say, screw you, give me my $40 million. I'm going to sit right here on your bench if you don't want me. He could do that. He can. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so that leads us to believe, like with a comment like that, that he's not going to want to see the team he goes to have to give up all their capital that could be used to get him some nice new shiny toys. And I think there might mm-hmm. be some truth to that. At the same time, I think, you know, Derek Carr is going to have to realize that, the you know, the Raiders need to get something, too. I mean, it's just the way it is. Now, Josh McDaniels, this is exactly what he did in Denver, everybody. I mean, it's the same thing. He went over to Denver. He wanted Castle. He didn't like Cutler. He got rid of Brandon Marshall. It was like this weird thing. Denver fans were like, what the? F-? Like, this is the only positive stuff we have. And you're gutting it. He's doing the same thing over there. Uh, so I think, um, you know, this is, uh, it was to be expected. And, you know, me personally, I'm on the Derek Carr train. I, you know, I saw some comments in the chat. They were saying, uh, you know, Derek can't get you to a Super Bowl. I, I see no reason why he can't, you know, I mean, just like you said, I mean, it, it was actually, they were three and five this year in games that they led by 14 or more. Three and five. So they lost five games when they were up by four. Is that, does that sound like a Derek Carr problem? Doesn't sound like a Derek Carr problem to me. 
So I think, um, you know, that's one thing. Now, as far as Aaron Rodgers, here's the thing that that spooks me. Just like I think it was Schefter saying it. The last three years, we've been talking about what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. And every single year, there's the, there's the one word that spooks me, and that's retirement. You know, that's part of it. And, and I saw some tweets earlier today, like, do you realize that if we give two firsts and 50 million, I think this year would be, O'Leary can tell you, but it's 15, 15 year, million this year and 32 yeah. next year. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's say we give him 15 million this year and we pay two firsts and then he goes, oh, I'm done. Is that enough? <laughs> I mean, we get a Super Bowl maybe. But do you think, think they do a conditional pick though? Like, I mean, I would think if as long as he's on the roster, you're okay giving up the pick because you think it's going to be yeah, I, that's, relatively that's high, my right? Point. And, and that's they would just the have point. To be like, just going right, exactly, Ryan. Well said. So just going and dumping two first. And look, the good news is we have Joe Douglas. He has proven to uh, to be somewhat proficient in the trade game. And I think he's going to be able to balance that. And if Aaron Rodgers is teetering on like, hey, man, I don't know what I'm going to feel next year. Ayahuasca, I'm fucking, you know, I'm tripping, <laughs> you know, whatever. Then, uh, you know, God bless him. But, uh, you know, I think that's uh, that's a little spooky. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's all so interesting. But we have to remember that this is speculation season. And look, the last, just like he said, the last few years we're talking about where's Aaron Rodgers going. And he's been right where he's been. So nothing's happened. As a matter of fact, they gave him a monster extension that's now prohibitive. So uh, anyway, I, uh, I'm a little bit hesitant to really bite into any of these. Uh, but I, I'll tell you what, it is a little exciting. Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, I never thought was going to happen. And I don't want it to happen, honestly. Uh, but the other ones are it's pretty exciting stuff. Matt, what about you? How are you feeling about Schefter's comments and and everything going on around these quarterbacks? Yeah, this is a lot um, to get into, but I guess I'll start with Rodgers because that's kind of the biggest story over the last couple of days. Rodgers is intriguing to me, and I was glad when I was able to do the digging thanks to over the cap that it would be 15 and 32 million for him, and then you can get out of it after that. And I think it would be a two-year rental. Now, The thing is, I don't know if I want to give up the two first round picks for it, but I saw another report, um, some capologist, I forget who it was, was saying that he sees maybe like a day two pick this year and a conditional first round pick next year if he plays next year, which I think that is something that I'd be a lot more comfortable with than doing the two first rounders um, because they got to find an offensive tackle somehow. And if you're bringing in Rodgers and you have to, uh, fix other positions. I don't know how you're going to spend like, I don't know, $20 million on a free agent tackle potentially in that spot. He wants to take his left tackle from Green Bay. Batiari mm-hmm. has a $28 million cap hit, so they're going to cut him. Okay, great. He's hurt every year too, so what good does that do? Oh, okay. um, <laughs> I mean, he's been he got he's Brown. great. I, and Makai, <laughs> great. Three injured left tackles. Yeah, Let's go. Perfect. Um, but I like Rodgers, and that'd be a, a big swing, and I would get it. I, I understand why they'd want to go that direction. Carr, I don't think, would nearly be as costly. And honestly, I was like half joking, but half kind of serious on uh, my show earlier today. I said I kind of am rooting for it to be Carr just so this conversation's over because I can't continue to do this every single day for six months. I think that might actually drive me insane. Um, but the the Carr one is interesting. I do think he would get traded. Um, I don't think they're going to cut him. I think he would do the the right, not the right thing, but like 
be a good soldier about it just based on his personality like he kind of just seems to be that kind of guy um and whether that's a third round pick or a second round pick or whatever um it wouldn't be nearly as costly i don't get the take that you can't compete with Derek carr i don't get that um i think he's a good quarterback we saw a good quarterback get traded last year who was claimed he could never win anything and won a super bowl with the rams um jimmy g scares me because of injuries when he's healthy he wins all the time and i agree with your take on lamar i think he's more than likely staying with baltimore now after they had that conversation and said he's going to be in the mix for the offensive coordinator search if he does get traded atlanta just seems to make a ton of sense there i don't know why they would trade him in conference um so yeah i mean that's a lot but that's pretty much it right now right yeah yeah i mean i think so for me the the thought process with Carr is like you know, I've heard the argument, oh, you can't win a Super Bowl with Carr. I mean, if if this, if football in general is in any given Sunday sport, then why are we looking at all the Super Bowl winners and we're not looking at, like, all the Super Bowl quarterbacks? Because if it's in any given Sunday, I want to see both sides of the spectrum. And I think Derek Carr is every bit as good as a Matt Ryan or as a Jimmy Garoppolo or as any of these other quarterbacks that we've seen kind of go through uh, into the Super Bowl and just get taken down by like a Tom Brady or, you know, I think he, I think he could be as good as a Nick Foles or, or something along those lines. I don't think, you know, Eli Manning statistically wasn't anything crazy. He was just an Iron Man, stayed on the field and got hot at the right time. I think Derek Carr absolutely falls into those same kind of categories when you're talking about quarterbacks here. Greenby, do you seem to, to think the same sort of thing as me as far as Derek Carr and these other quarterbacks that wind up making it to uh, to the Super Bowl? Well, I think people are silly. I mean, you know, we have to look at the entirety of the situation. You know, I mean, you know, like I think I saw it in the chat or maybe you just said it, you know, like Mark Sanchez, dude, Mark Sanchez is not the quarterback Derek Carr is. I'm going to share that with everybody just so we're clear. Uh, and he made Fair. it to two AFC champion, right? Right. Yeah. He made it to two AFC championship games. You want to know why? Because he had a, you know, arguably the number one defense in the NFL, a top three running game, and a top three offensive line, and a whole smattering of pretty damn good, uh, you know, uh, aerial weapons, whether it be tight ends or wide receivers or what have you. So I think, you know, the the thing to remember with Derek Carr, you know, everybody, you know, there's this thing that. You know, like, you know, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. And that may be true. But Derek Carr has consistently overcome, like, just mad obstacles, man, from, again, never having higher than the 20th overall rated defense. Never. And that doesn't mean they were always at 20. We're talking the 30th, the 28th. Like, really piss-poor defenses – He's had very, very poor offensive lines, four different coaches, five offensive coordinators in nine years, and he's still among the top 10 or so, you know, 10, 12 in the NFL every single year. So I think, you know, you bring that guy to a stable situation like the New York Jets. I mean, look at our stability. You bring him over here. We're rock solid. Bring him over here with us and Garrett Wilson, the offensive rookie of the year, by the way. And uh, I think Derek Carr can get us to a Super Bowl. I, I don't like these limitations. Like, he's clearly shown that he can perform at an NFL level, at a, you know, at a high NFL level. 
And I think that we kind of look for things. The cold weather, seven games. Yeah, he, he didn't win seven games in two in nine years. You know, I get it, but it's like, really? That's where we are? <laughs> So I don't when know. When he man. eats soup with his left hand on a Tuesday yeah. <laughs> in November, um, he's less likely to have a fever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. it's I well, no, but stuff. it's the truth, right? Exactly. On Sundays when the moon is waning, it's like okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? How many times? How many? So that's the thing. It's like again, I think you know, you pair Derek Carr with a defense like we have with a Brees Hall, with a Garrett Wilson, and this offensive line. Don't forget, man, our offensive line, like uh, the big issue is injury. Not that we don't have the players. And we're going to bring more in, I would imagine, but it's like injury was the issue. Think if AVT and Becton and these guys are actually healthy. Excuse me, you know, uh, this might be the best offensive line Carr ever plays with. So I like it. Yeah. And I think with Carr, you can use your 13th overall pick on a tackle if that's what you so choose. Matt, Totes. any more thoughts on the uh, the whole quarterback sort of carousel? You think you can win with a quarterback like Carr considering some of the other quarterbacks we've seen in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I just – I love the definitive statement, you can't win anything of substance with Derek Carr. How the hell do you know? <laughs> how, how do you know? He's had the worst defense in the league in almost every single category since he's come in since 2014. Look, like everybody knows, wins are a quarterback stat – no other position impacts the game, so wins and losses, that's it. Give me the guy with the most right. wins. I love it. How All right, I, I've got – Real quick, real quick. How go am I for making it. excuses? Like, it's Snoopy. You're making excuses. I'm not making excuse. I'm painting the, the, the You're the giving fact. context. You're giving context. You are a right. beautiful painter, my friend. You are the Picasso of our offseason. Yeah, we've lost our minds at Snoopy. We've lost it. <laughs> I'm just telling you the facts. It's not excuses. It's the truth. It's what we've looked at. Now, it would be one thing. Look at the Jets. We have all these issues, and we're making excuses for the guy being the 32nd-ranked quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Those are excuses. Ah, well, you know, you never had this, and you didn't have that, and poor Sam, you never had a quarterback coach. Derek Carr is still throwing 4,000 yards, 20 25 touchdowns, 65% completion percentage. So through all of it, he's still among the top quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think you have to make excuses, Snoopy Dupes. Love it. Love it. Getting Green Bean fired up tonight. Uh, yeah. Yo, it's Vin drops in with his 11-month member super chat says i trust whatever joe douglas decides i'm right there oh. with you he's gonna do i trust him on the whole trade front so if we're trading for a quarterback jets will make sure they get the uh the best of those deals uh blitz crew celebrates two months of membership says any chance the two firsts can be 2024 and 2025 i don't think so you're gonna have to give them mm -hmm. some type of asset this year so that way you can win or so that way they can use it to help make their roster better because they're gonna have a big dead cap hit from rogers so I think like Matt said earlier, where you have a maybe a second round pick this year and then a conditional pick based on performance this year and if he plays, like I have no problem giving up a first. Like the old Favre deal, right? Was a third round pick to come to the Jets. It was a second round pick if you make the playoffs. It was a first round pick if you make the Super Bowl. I'm fine with having those same exact stipulations for next year's draft pick and give a second round pick this year if you could do it. I mean, if I had to give up the first, 
if they you know are going all in i'm okay with that like i'm not gonna you know necessarily you know poo poo it i guess but i i do think that you'd have to give up an asset this year matt what about you you think uh you'd have to give up an asset this year yeah i definitely think you do um oh, yeah. maybe it's not the the first like the the other capologist who laid out a day two pick this year and a conditional first next year. Uh, but I don't see how you're getting out of this uh, without giving up something for this year. Yeah. Greenbean, what do you think? You got to give up a, a pick this year. Yeah, no doubt. Without question. They're not going to be like, yeah, sure. Just, you know, why not? 2026. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're going to want something right now. And the, you know, one of the good things like a first round pick, I don't, I don't think there's any way, uh, you know, around it. Marvin drops in says we don't have to give up two first for Rogers, especially not with that contract and attitude. So the contract's not bad. Like Matt said earlier, 15 million for next year, 32 million for the year after that, it would be a 60 million dead cap hit in 2025. Uh, I guess you could probably convince him uh, if he wanted to retire, maybe after June 1st, then it would split it over two years. But by and large, if you want to bottom out in 2025, it's kind of okay because the big money for your young players is not kicking in until after 2025 anyway. Like you're going to have uh, AVT on his final year, or no, I think he ha- in his fourth fourth year, no, final year. You'll have Brees in his final year, so you can you can have the money hit in 2026 and beyond after that. Um, so I don't know. The contract's not an issue with me. The attitude's interesting because if you were to pick a role model for Zach Wilson and you had to amplify the traits that maybe you don't like about Zach Wilson's personality, it would be like a grown-up Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, oh, you know, some of those weird personality like quirks that are like, ah, that guy's kind of an asshole. And I'm not saying Zach's an asshole, but, you know, I think we all understand some of the, you know, perceived personality traits that we've kind of heard little rumblings about throughout the year. Um, so maybe that side is is definitely a little concerning, but at the same time, I think if you're making the trade for Rodgers, it's the Hail Mary attempt to get Zach to work out and, you know, you're going for the Super Bowl. So at that point, it's it's gravy with anything you get with Zach Wilson, because even if Rodgers plays two years, I'm still drafting a quarterback in 2024 to compete with Zach Wilson in 2025 if you decide to do that. Fun fact that I, I brought up in my video today, but I want to share with you guys, you can exercise the fifth year option and it's fully guaranteed for injury. So in the event that Rodgers, you know, let's say Rodgers plays one year, then you have to decide in May to exercise Zach's fifth year option. Let's say you saw enough growth. And Rodgers is coming back. You exercise the option. The only thing you'd have to worry about is Zach getting injured during the year and not passing a March physical when you could cut him. If you have to pull Rodgers for any reason due to injury and you don't like what you're seeing with Zach, you must go to your third string quarterback and decide you're going to cut Zach at the end of the year. You would not want to risk him potentially having a season ending injury and being on the hook for that final year after that. Um, So just another option that you can kind of look at here. Matt, any uh, issue with the attitude, the contract, anything like that with Rodgers? Um, not really. I I get it. Um, the contract is a little bit easier to uh, pallet after finding out that it's 15 and 32. And then if he was to retire after the two years, so after 2024, then it would be 32 spread out over uh, the two seasons after that, which isn't ideal, but you can live with it. Um attitude is he kind of a dick yes but i don't know he'd immediately elevate this team so you live with it green bean 
contract attitude issue with you with Rodgers? Um, no, I don't think so. And I think, you know, it's all about like, if we bring on, like, let's say we decide to hire Nick Cayley, even though the Patriots won't, uh, we bring on a guy like that. Who's going to be trying to prove himself. And then we bring on Aaron Rodgers. I think that his personality could certainly have an, you know, an impact there negatively, you know, like not just not wanting to buy into some first timers bullshit. I think that could have an impact. But I think overall, man, look, the guy's been a multiple-time MVP. He's a Super Bowl champion. You know, he's among the elites in NFL history. And, uh, you know, look, you got you to gotta know that and fucking, you know, get in line, dude. You know what I mean? Stand in line, you know, and do what he needs you to do, and that's it. And I think, you know, I think we'll find out really quickly which guys are kind of not team players like if you know if an elijah moore is like hey man what the fuck man you know like dude beat it you know that kind of stuff i don't think it would be a problem unless we bring on uh an oc that's uh that's a rook good stuff main jets fan drops in main says uh hey guys love the show big thumbs up there uh, just a question. Would you guys be open to streaming the Super Bowl? I would watch the hell out of that. And let's get Carr. Uh, no, I enjoy watching the Super Bowl. As much as I love these two goons, I I really I want to pay attention to the game, the snacks, the conversation. So I, it's a big no for me, dog. I appreciate let's it. Let's do it. Matt. <laughs> even, I, I don't know if I could even do it. Do it if the uh, if the Jets won this if the Jets were in the Super Bowl, I think no. I'd have to focus on the no. TV. I don't think I could even like uh, yeah. do that. I'm, I it's, it's, I don't care how much fun I could have streaming. I'd, I'll do the halftime show with you, Green Bean. <laughs> Matt and I'll hop on for that. Yeah, right. That'll be exactly. the, that'll be us talking. It depends on who the act is at halftime for me, Green Bean. That's true too, right? Yeah, I'll t- right. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I don't know if I could do it, man. Honestly, no, I don't think That's you can. Too, too much. <laughs> There's an enjoyment factor to sit back and watch and like. Right. I, I like I like the on the couch experience more than the here you guys can't hear what's on the screen. Yeah, right. I need the screen on. Right. Um, let's see. Thomas Cahill drops in with his 12 month member super chat says great draft last night. Green bean. Let's get psyche Ika green bean. Yeah. I was in your uh, stream for a little bit. I was trying to push my center pick on you guys. Ricky Stromberg, big fan of the Arkansas center. Uh, you want to tell wow. us a little bit about your mock draft from last night? Yeah, well, as you guys know, we do the Monday night 10 o'clock mock over here on uh, Green Beans channel. And last night was uh, the second week, and the theme, we do a different theme every week that helps us govern uh, the way that we'll respond to the mock. So this week was if we traded Elijah Moore to the Broncos for pick 67. So what would it look like if we did that? And a whole bunch of shit happened. But, yeah, we ended up taking a center in the second round, uh, John Michael Schmitz, though, not Stromberg. Mm. And uh, I was really happy with it, man. I mean, we had a good draft. We ended up gaining two firsts for next year. We traded all the way out of the first. (laughs) You know, and, well, the thing is, it's not me making the decisions, right? Like Dom Mm -hmm. C. and I, like, we talk about it. We give our input. But it's all Mm -hmm. poll. I put it in the poll and you guys decide. So it, you know, look, it's fun, man. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the funniest thing, no matter what, like, no matter what happens, it's completely decided by the poll 
every week somebody will email me and tell me I suck. <laughs> I hate you. I hate what you did. And that's par for the course. But yeah, man, it's a good time. And we, uh, you know, I can tell you right now, we didn't get Ika, but we got another guy I really like for the defensive tackle position, Keandre Coburn out of Texas, 346 pounds, and I like him. So we got uh, Anton Harrison tackle up top, John Michael Smith, uh, safety Christopher Smith, linebacker Owen Popo, uh, wide receiver Jonathan Mingo, Keandre Coburn, the defensive tackle. Then we just, this guy was purely on his name, Bumper Pool. We got him. We, we needed it. <laughs> we needed it. And then we got wide receiver Rakim Jarrett. Rakeem Jarrett out of Maryland, and we wrapped it up with a punter because we're going to go ahead and save that $2.7 million by cutting Braden Mann. So uh, we got Michael Turk, and again, we got two firsts for next year as well. Not bad, not bad. Chris KV chimed in, says, we need to draft Bumper Pool. <laughs> yeah, man. Bumper Pool's going to be the guy in every draft. There's always guys with cool names. Like, I love watching that, like, cool names of the college football season, and it's like, Bumper Pool's a pretty good one. Is that uh, a person? E That's real? I guess so. Yeah. It's a I didn't know that. Oh. It's, it's, it's got to be a nickname, Bumper. Oh, yeah. Right? That's a, I mean, I think you just have to draft him based off that name. No? That's exactly what so. happened. I, it, the name bumps him up probably at least three rounds, I think. He, he might be a first-round pick by the time the draft rolls around. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Exactly. Sauce worked out perfectly. Bumper yeah. pulls coming up next. I want, That's you know, right. all a battle. You have battle sauce in the backfield? Come on. Yeah, some all kinds sauce. of fun names like that. Right, man. The whole <laughs> team full of fun names. I'm in. E Boogie drops in, says, Do you guys think the firing of LaFool, the Packers head coach, wouldn't accept anything the Jets or try to get more uh, than what they're asking for? No, I don't think so. I think Matt LaFleur, the Packers head coach, understands that Mike LaFleur was made the scapegoat for a bad pick or, uh, you know, there, there, there's justification to it for sure. And LaFleur is going to be fine. He's probably going to be the OC out in LA. That's what it seems like uh, for the Rams under McVay. He's going to land on his feet. No problem. As far as would they accept anything from the Jets or another team, let's kind of go through some of the teams that you'd, you'd sort of consider. If they're not trading with the NFC at all, you're talking, okay, the Raiders, I think they're probably going after Tom Brady. I don't I don't think the Packers are realistically trading him there. I think the Patriots are an interesting spot, but I don't think he's going to want to follow Brady. Like, there's certain locations he may not want to go. Maybe New England might be, like, the, I don't want to say the only one, um, but that's a big one. Indianapolis, I think, is an interesting one because they have a really good offensive line. I think they have the fourth pick in the draft, and you have to consider, okay, are they going to pull the trigger on a quarterback at four, or are they going to go the veteran quarterback route and maybe save that fourth pick? Um, would they have to give up the fourth pick in some type of Rodgers trade? I, I don't think they'd have to give up that one. Um, but I think the Jets, are, you know, from all perspectives can offer the best draft compensation because of the teams in front of us, only the Raiders have a, are an AFC team in front of the Jets with a higher pick. And, you know, I think Rodgers, based on the roster, would want to come here. And actually, this is a good transition. So, Mumtaz and Scuttlebuttle, we'll get to your Super Chats in just a second. I want to go over to the Aaron Rodgers 
on Zach Wilson and the Jets. He was on the Pat McAfee show earlier today. Let's listen to this. Yeah. Hey, do you have a uh, do you have a relationship with Zach Wilson? There was was it Rappaport who said you texted him mm -hmm. when he was like in the facility during the offseason on a Friday morning. You said, "What are you doing? Get the hell out of there, man! Get some Friday. spend some time away from the facility." Are you guys tight? Well, it wasn't a Friday morning; it was a Friday night, and he was there late. And I said, "What are you doing?" I said, "Get out of the facility." I said, "Get out of there! Clear your head. Be a kid. Go to dinner. You know, relax a little bit." Um, so I met him uh, before the draft, and then they came and uh, practice against us uh, in the preseason. Had you know some of those uh, uh, inter squad uh, practices where they come in a couple days early, and uh, I think he's super talented. Uh, I think you know I think a little uh, humility is good for all of us at various times in our careers, and I think the first year they. Lily had no players. Um, they came and practice against us, and I was like, defense can play, and the offense needs some more players. I think you said that they, to us, actually. Yeah, yeah a couple of years, yeah. probably. That's what you said, a couple yeah. of years. And then, and then they added, you know, they added a young receiver, right, from uh, Ohio Garrett, State, is it? Garrett Wilson. Garrett, nice stud. And got a tight end from the Bengals, I believe. Uzama. Uzama. And the young Brees Hall. Brees Hall is getting healthy again. They picked a running back, right, who was pretty damn good last year. Awesome. So, so it's just – for him, it's just going to be, you know, humility, leaning into that, and then just consistently, you know, working on the fundamentals. I think I think he, he's so talented, but but the best, the best in the business can make all the plays outside the pocket, can move around, but fundamentally inside the pocket, like you know, especially the two guys on the FC side, you got guys who can really – uh, play in the pocket and then also extend and make plays outside the pocket. But inside the pocket, that's where you beat teams. So that was what Rodgers had to say about our Zach Wilson and some of the, the key pieces that the Jets have added over the course of the last two years. And to me, when I'm watching that interview, I'm thinking, all right, Rodgers just said, okay, look, Zach sucks. <laughs> Like this, mm -hmm. he, he needs an attitude check. Sometimes we got to be humble. Sit his ass on the bench behind me. I'm going to come over there mm -hmm. with all those weapons you guys just got. But I'm going to I'm going to make sure he's got everything figured out. Don't you worry. I'm coming to New York. That's I'm reading between the lines here, but that's what I read. Matt, you see something similar? Yeah, that to me that says I'm going to come to the New York Jets, win you a Super Bowl and get Zach Wilson right for 2025 and beyond. That's I'm all in. Let's go, baby. Green Bean, your thoughts? Um, well, I I gotta be honest. I love the candor. You know what I mean. I love the like. He's just like, uh, you know. And I don't know if you guys noticed it, but it said on the bottom, Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, back to back MVP, ayahuasca enthusiast. That's what it said. <laughs> I didn't catch that. That's funny. <laughs> That's what it said. Uh, so yeah, man, I think, you know, look, whether or not he would come here and like, you know, take extra time to be a coach to Zach Wilson, I, I don't know, but I think he would be a, you know, somewhat of a positive influence on how to kind of do this. And even if it's just like how to shake off the stress, I think that would be, uh, you know, beneficial as well. And I, I think it would be good, man. And I think, uh, yeah, man, I, I didn't hear any confirmation but they are talking about it. So what's up with that? 
Mumtaz comes in. Mumtaz says, if Green Bay wants two first round picks for Rodgers, we should send them pictures of the state bird of New York. Also, why is Woody chirping? Stop telling everyone I would love to give two first round picks. Uh, I don't think Woody has said he wants to give two first round picks. It was the speculation that it would take the Packers two first round picks to trade Aaron Rodgers. Um, that seems like a steep price. That That's way steeper than I would have thought for potentially a one or two year rental. So I think there's a way you could structure it where I would be fine with giving up two firsts. Um, but it would be, it would, the, the second one would have to be conditional because if you're telling me if I would give up a first round pick for a Super Bowl, the answer is yes all day. And if it's, you know, would I give up a first and then have a, you know, a shot at a second Super Bowl or whatever? It, yes. If you're giving me an option. We haven't found a quarterback in 50 years. I'm going to get the best one, arguably like ever. <laughs> and I'm going to go make him a jet. So I, I, I like this. Matt, any thoughts? Holy smokes, Justin Crazy with the big super chat. Let me finish Mumtaz's thought. Justin, I'll get to you in like a second flat. Uh, Matt, give me your thoughts on uh, Mumtaz's super chat right here. Um, why is Woody chirping? Yeah, uh, that uh, that's what Woody does. Woody be talking. He, he loves to do that. Um, I don't know. I I don't uh, about the first. Sorry, I got to reread this. Two first round picks for Rogers. We should send them the pictures of the state bird. What's the state bird of New York? Do you know? I don't know. I'm assuming it's the middle finger. <laughs> Flip him the bird. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> That's funny. See, that went over I my like head. That. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, don't do the two first. I, I like the other plan that we talked about. Conditional first next year. Day two pick this year. Greenbean, any thoughts on uh, Mumtaz's super chat right here? Um, Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I don't know. I think you got to really look at how long you think he's going to play. That's the mm. whole thing, Mumtaz. You know, if he's going to be here three, four years, yeah, I'm fine with it. If not, you know, one year, no. Mm. Nope. That's an expensive uh, one-year lease. Justin Crazy dropping in with a big, huge monster super chat. He says, besides tackle in the draft, what other positions would you like us to target or a trade-out, possibly? So let's let's go a little bit into this. Let's say outside of the first round included. So what positions are we kind of looking at? Now, I put out my mock offseason, so I'll, I'll, I'll start with mine, and then we'll bounce around to you guys. First round, I'm thinking tackle. Uh, we have the three tackles in the first round. You have uh, Skaronsky from Northwestern, Paris Johnson from Ohio State, and you have um, Broderick Jones from Georgia. Those are the top three. In the event that, you know, all three are gone for the Jets at that pick, I would be looking to trade down. There's there's no other player in the first round that I know of right now. Um, and I, I have not done a deep draft analysis, so don't, don't take this too, too far. But um, there's no other player or position that I want to target in round one that I wouldn't be comfortable taking a little bit later in round one for someone to come up and get another player that they may want to try and snag. So I would be trying to trade down. In the second round, that's where I start to look, you know, safety, linebacker. I want to look for someone like a center or a guard. I mentioned Ricky Stromberg earlier. Uh, and the reason I want to go that route is because they project him potentially as a guard as well. But he's a four-year starter at center. He gave up 
four sacks his entire career. He calls out the line protections when he gets up to the line of scrimmage. And I think he provides you some stability. Like I would bring back Connor McGovern because we, we mentioned consistency. Connor McGovern at the very least has been available and consistent for the New York Jets. Lakin Tomlinson, we're stuck with his contract. Yep. So for me, give me the, the center that can also play guard. So in the event Tomlinson just blows next year, at least you can plug in this kid Stromberg as his replacement and then allow him to learn, figure out the offense. And as a backup center, he's going to be playing with Zach Wilson more than maybe Aaron Rodgers or someone else. You know, So maybe building some chemistry there is not the, the worst thing either. Linebacker-wise, safety-wise, you can kind of go a few different directions. You know, I threw a few names out there. Battle is a popular name. Branch is a popular name. Uh, is it Johnson? Is it Antonio Johnson? Is that the one from AM? I think that's what it is. Oh, um, I'm there's, scrolling there's through a mock from, right now. JL yeah, Skinner the, is someone that I like from Boise State. He's like a Boise second, State. third round uh, safety. Yeah, what type of uh, positions are you looking at? Because I think that's that's probably where I, I go. And if we're going to bring in someone else and Zach's going to be the backup, I'm probably thinking undrafted free agent, you know, quarterback in that sort of uh, route, I, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, How would you handle the draft? Yeah, I really think one of those three tackles are going to be there at 13, whether it's Skaronsky, Johnson, or Jones, and you take – one of those guys, but mm. there's really no other spot or no, no other position that I'd want to take at 13. I don't really want to take a linebacker or safety that high. So if you move back and then maybe you're drafting, I don't know, Brian Branch or Trenton Simpson, the linebacker from Clemson later. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could sell me on that, but ideally I'd want to take care of linebacker or safety in like the second or the third round. Um, you mentioned center. That's another one. I, I think getting a center in like the second round and even potentially having them start right away. I, I Connor McGovern, my fear with him is that he's going to cost significantly more than what he's getting paid now because of the market. I think he'd be one of the better centers on the market and he's getting nine. Now, if he goes up to 12, would you be willing to go that high? I don't think I personally would. So I'd rather go draft someone like um john michael schmitz from where the hell is he from uh minnesota um would be something that i'd be interested in as well he's probably like a second round guy he's a four-year starter also if i'm not mistaken but mm -hmm. yeah it would be nice to have that center that you could just plug right in and like forget about for the next decade um they haven't had oh. that in a while yeah, it would be nice. I mean, we got spoiled. We had uh, Mawai, then went to Mangold, then have kind of been like running through centers until we found McGovern from Denver a few years ago. Um, Justin, thank you so much for the super chat. I'm going to save it so when Greenbean pops in, we'll ask him as well so you'll get your full three-panel <laughs> take here. Uh, but I don't know where Greenbean is. He did not text me. So maybe he's got some internet issues. Uh, all right, what else we got? We got Scuttlebuttle. Drops in, says, if Aaron Rodgers stays and the studs are gone, Jordan Love, uh, does Jordan Love make sense? Hmm. So when you start, like, let's say Rodgers stays in Green Bay. Let's say Carr goes to Indianapolis. Um, Jimmy G goes to Tennessee. And Brady goes to Vegas. What? do you do 
Matt? Where where are you kind of thinking as far as quarterback? My next option is is probably looking at like bringing Mike White back with Zach and then adding someone like a Gardner Minshew. Maybe a Tannehill if he's not like too much money, but Tannehill's he's kind of old. He's like 34. And he's I like I I feel like his floor is a lot lower than Carr. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a disaster scenario, but I would say Tannehill. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I love Ryan Tannehill, I really don't. But Jordan Love to me is still too much of an unknown. Um, they, he hasn't played enough for me to say, oh yeah, I definitely think he can play at this level. He's he's shown mm-hmm. flashes, but that is a massive gamble. I don't know if I'm willing to take that risk. Tannehill has gotten a team to the playoffs the last you know couple of years, not this year, but the you know couple of years prior. Is he great? No. Can he hold down the fort until you figure out a long-term solution? I guess. And it wouldn't be nearly as costly um, as some of these other guys. So it's like if it if it fails, it fails and, and you move on. But um, love is too much of an unknown, like I said. Yeah, I think you're right on that too. And if you're Douglas and Salah, how do you put faith in, you know, Jordan Love? You know, maybe your connection with, you know, Matt LaFleur and like how much are you going to have to give up for Jordan Love because that plays a factor into it. There's a lot more free agents that I think provide similar upsides. Minshew's the one I always come back to because it's like, oh man, I wonder what could happen. But like I watch him on the field, I'm like, mm, I don't think he's got it. I think he's better off with someone else. But that's like, like you said, it's the oh, the oh no situation. Um, do you think there's any situ... Ah, no, I shouldn't say that. Do you think there's any situation the Jets take a quarterback early? Like, let's say they lose, like, all, like, disaster situation happens, um, and, like, of the top three, one of the top three quarterbacks falls to 13. You think the Jets think about it? Pull the trigger? Maybe. That, that's also, there's a lot of risk in that, too, because then you have a rookie who's on a learning curve, and then you kind of just put yourself in that same spot. Hopefully none of those rookies are, you know, as bad as what Zach was these last two years. Uh, so maybe that makes life a little bit easier for you. But like, again, then you're dealing with rookie struggles and young quarterback struggles again. So I don't know, unless the guy comes in and pops right away. We, we've seen it, but not they haven't had the best luck with that, unfortunately. I saw an interesting thing pop up in the chat. Where did I see it go? Oh, uh, from It's Snoopy, Anthony Richardson. Let's say all three tackles are gone. There's no trade down available. What do you do? Do you do you reach for the linebacker or a D tackle or a safety? Or do you maybe like roll the dice on some high upside guy at quarterback? Because you're not uh, starting Richardson year one. No, yeah, that's the problem. It's with a punt Richardson. of a pick, I feel like, for this year. Yes. Yep. I think you need to draft I th- 13. If you're staying there and it's not an offensive tackle, what, what do you go? Right. Wide receiver? Guess. maybe it's not that's not a bad decision <laughs> it's, 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 it's okay i'm weird. not saying that's my preferred i'm not saying that's my preferred plan it, it's not but in that circumstance yeah maybe i don't i don't know if there's a, a safety or a linebacker that you're going to take at 13 um, maybe there's an edge that falls or something because jfm maybe yeah. after next year like it, there's a few other options man that, that would really that would that would get me frustrated though um Let's see. Let's go to Jersey Abrahams. What's up, Jersey? Uh, He says, Mike LaFleur is gone. 
Salah needs more involvement with the offense, so whoever they hire as OC, it needs to be done quickly. Salah and the OC can work out philosophy. Hmm. I was talking to someone about this last night, and we were talking about that chicken or the egg situation where it's like, okay, do you plan the quarterback around the OC or the OC around the quarterback, and what do you kind of figure out? And, and where I sort of landed on this is I'm looking for an offensive coordinator that can coach the players that we currently have on the roster. That's my first and foremost move because as we saw with Nathaniel Hackett last year, you could sign the coach and not get the quarterback. So I'm not going to bank on that. Carr's the one that if you could err on a side of like, you know, finding someone that may fit him, I think there's a, a strong likelihood he could come here. Um, Frank Reich to me, and I know we've talked about this before, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, I mean, go out and pay whatever money you need to to get Frank Reich because I think you can plug any quarterback in with him for the most part, and he'll be able to assemble a staff around this quarterback and, and help Zach however he can be helped and then, you know, obviously a, a an experienced play caller and whatnot. Uh, Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with what you just said there at the end, where if all else fails and, you know, he doesn't end up getting a coaching job, a head coach job, that makes all the sense in the world to do something like that. Um, you know, Sala, I don't necessarily think it has to be like someone that he, know, like Mike LaFleur came with him from San Francisco. I don't necessarily think it has to be that kind of situation. I think they have to agree on philosophy, not saying that it has to be the exact replica of what Mike LaFleur did, but it has to, this new OC has to be able to sell to Joe, both Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, his plan and what they could potentially do with a quarterback and then be all on the same page. If that's what Jersey uh, Abrahams is saying, then yes, I agree with that. They need to be all in agreement and aligned on what they want to do with their offense and the quarterback and, you know, kind of just go from there. Uh, I got a hypothetical question that popped up. This one's from Champstar9669. This was actually two weeks ago. I didn't get to the hypothetical question last week because we had so much going on. Should the Bears trade Justin Fields? If you guys want to get your hypothetical question answered, all you got to do is drop it down below this video after it's aired, and we could possibly uh, pull it up and uh, discuss it here. So should the Bears trade Justin Fields? The Bears have the number one overall pick. The regime that is currently in Chicago did not draft Justin Fields, so there's going to be a lot of discussion. I personally love the fact that Lovey Smith was the head coach of the Houston Texans, the former head coach of the Chicago Bears, and he won his final game to knock Houston out of one pick Amazing. for Chicago. It's 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 beautiful. They fire Lovey. Lovey, I love you. That was like... Poetic justice. I really, I, I enjoyed that. So the question, Matt, should the Jets trade Justin Fields and select a new quarterback at number one? No, I don't think they should. I think Fields showed you enough to uh, try to put pieces around him. I think they should trade out of that pick and get a haul uh, for it. I think that makes the most sense for them. They need a lot of help on that defense. Now, I also, I don't think they should trade back that far, like, I don't think they should trade out of the top five. I think the Colts would make sense. I think Houston in a pick swap would make sense. But ideally, you want to be in a spot where you could still land one of the elite defensive linemen at the top of the draft. Uh, so, yes, trade out, but don't put yourself too far down. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I would trade out of this pick. And I'm, I'm not a huge believer in Fields, but I'm not a huge detractor from him either. He has three more years left on his rookie deal. And at the very least, Lamar Jackson has provided a footprint in how you could win with a running quarterback, even though I trust Lamar's arm far more than I trust Justin Fields' arm at this particular point in time. Um, and I do think you can trade out of that one pick, like you said, Matt, for a massive haul. I mean, you're talking like, you know, with the Texans sitting at two and a division rival and the Colts sitting at four, that to me screams a, a hostage situation for those two teams. Like if you're the Texans, I think you're probably giving up the number 12 overall pick to Chicago in order to move up one pick to prevent your division rival from beating you out for your quarterback. Yep. No, 100%. And that, I, I, sorry. And that 12 pick, that could very well be a tackle if that happens. That impacts the New York Jets that way then. Oh, no, 100%. You're right, 100%. Um, if the te- I think the Texans should trade up. I think they should do the pick swap because then you get your guy. Because you know, more than likely, could the Bears stay there and take a quarterback? I guess they could. I don't see it as very likely, but more than likely someone's going to trade up and take a quarterback. So why not just move up the one spot and get your guy? I think that makes the most sense for them. Agreed. Um, let's see. I'll ask Greenbean that when he gets back. Greenbean will be back. I know it. Uh, E-Boogie drops in. E-Boogie says, what if the Jets go after the number one pick? Ooh, interesting matt let's 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 pull this up <laughs> there's no situation where i want to go for the one pick at all unless chicago says hey we feel really bad that you didn't take justin fields and you took zach wilson like give us zach wilson and we'll take you can have the one pick that's it look i'm kidding that's not how that would happen <laughs> no let's see what the what what is the first pick worth worth draft value chart i gotta have this like saved so go to it yeah. So the that, first pick's is, worth 3000 Potentially. That's a lot. The Jets pick is worth 1500 which means you would have to give up the equivalent of three number 13 picks just to get up to that number one overall pick. I think that's too far. There's no way Chicago should drop down that far. I agree with you, Matt. I think the top five is the farthest they should go. And realistically, I would pit Houston and Indianapolis against each other because... I mean, that just makes the most sense. If Chicago stays put, I guess Houston grabs their quarterback and then Arizona maybe, you know, tries to get Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis and what they do at quarterback in free agency, like if they get Carr, that throws a whole wrench into the early part of the draft, I think. Yeah, it it definitely does. I I think the best comparison to the Jets trading up for pick – uh, one would be the uh, Rams trade up for Goff in 2016. They were mm. pick, they were pick 15, so it's mm-hmm. two spots back. But they gave up. Sorry, the Rams got sorry a the first overall, a fourth round pick, and a sixth round pick, and they mm-hmm. gave up a ton: a first, two seconds, a third. A first round pick the next year and a third round pick the next year. So that's not too bad. I mean, if you consider like the you you would have made a selection at fifteen anyway. So I don't really consider the pick that you're giving up to get the other pick too big of an asset. Um so you said what it was two seconds, a first the following year? 
And then uh, the Rams two, got a... F- it was... Uh, okay, so the pick swap, two seconds in 2016, a third in mm-hmm. 2016, the first in 2017, the third in 2017. Okay, yeah, it's a lot for sure. Uh, I mean, they got to a Super Bowl because of it, and they traded that yeah. quarterback to get a Super Bowl uh, as well. So, I, I mean, it works out, I guess, if you fall in love with a quarterback, why not? I'd have to look at where the Rams were in their development at that particular point in time because I think they made that trade up prior to getting uh, Jalen Ramsey and like some of these other oh, big yeah. cats aside from you know Dar- uh, Donald. Um, so for me, the Jets already have all the players. I don't know if I want to wait on the rookie to develop, but when you make a selection that high, you're looking at a guy that's here for the next 10 plus years, not just for the next season. Um, if the Jets strike out on everything, I mean, I don't know. Is there any situation where you would trade up, Matt? Like, like what no. would have to happen for you to move up? Nothing? No, I don't want to do it. I don't want to take another I don't want to do it either. quarterback. I don't want to take a rookie quarterback. I take my chances with a veteran. So, like, worst, worst case scenario, it's the it's the Tannehill, Tannehill scenario for you? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. I don't think it's going to come to that. I think they will hit on one mm. of Rodgers or Carr or Jimmy. Yeah, but. agreed. I think it'll be one of those three as well. Um, so, fingers crossed we don't even have to come to this e-boogie. I don't, I don't like having to trade for a uh, the number one overall pick um let's see what are you guys talking about in the chat what are these guys going on about uh jbjb says why would the packers trade rogers for a pick that don't include a first this year uh they would demand it um i mean i guess because of his contract demands and and him possibly retiring after year he may not go for a first this year um, I don't know because the team trading for him is going to have a massive dead cap hit regardless of what he winds up doing. So you are in a sense paying for that. I don't know. Greenbean, any thoughts on, uh, is there any situation where the Packers may not trade for, uh, may not need a first round pick in this year's draft for a trade with Aaron Rodgers? Or Rodgers? Um, well, I, I'll tell you what, if nobody's offering it, like if no one is offering it, they mm-hmm. still need to make a move one way or the other, Love or Rogers. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the only way I could see it. I think they're going to get it. Honestly, uh, let's see. I had. Uh, I want to go back to Justin Crazy's comment. We had mentioned uh, the the tackles at the top of the draft. But what other positions would you look for, Green Bean? It doesn't necessarily have to be in just the first round. But we mentioned the three tackles, Skaronsky, Johnson, uh, Jones at the top. Is Are those your one of those guys your pick at 13? And if they're gone, what direction would you go? And how do you like the rest of the draft? Uh, well, I'm really hoping that we come out of this draft with, you know, the said tackle. I also would really like a center, interior offensive line, but somebody that can legitimately play center, uh, a safety and a defensive tackle. Those are my priorities. I know we can talk linebacker and we can talk wide receiver, of course, 
But I think those are the ones I'm really looking for. Safety, center, and uh, defensive tackle. That's what I want to see get done. I love it. I love it, Justin. Thank you so much for the super chat once again. Uh, Greenbeard, I brought up a hypothetical question that Matt and I kind of discussed, and we were we were kind of talking about this. Do you think the Jets, or sorry, not the Jets, the Bears should trade Justin Fields since they own the number one overall pick? Well, I heard you, uh, and you mentioned a key element to that, which is this isn't the regime that drafted him, you know? Mm-hmm. So that could really apply. And look, he had some, you know, he had some positives this year with the running, and he looks like he could, you know, there's definitely something to work with there. Um, but uh, if they have the opportunity to get one of these guys and they really like them, I think that, yeah, they're definitely going to consider that. Now, what are they going to get for them? I don't know. It might not Ooh. be a first. Let's talk you about know? that for a second because that's interesting to me. I, For me, I think if I'm looking at the overall landscape of the, the NFL, if there's a situation where the Ravens Ah, I shouldn't even say that because they got rid of Greg Roman. I guess wherever Greg Roman might land might be an area that you consider for a like a Justin Fields type trade because of the offense he ran with Lamar Jackson. Like my thought process was like, oh, if they trade Lamar, like, oh, Fields could go right in there. They use one of the picks they got for Lamar and you wind up getting Justin Fields. But now that Roman's out, I guess that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I don't know. Grimmie, what do you think, uh, you know, Fields goes for? Like in a trade. Or Matt, I'll ask you first. Creamy yeah. just yeah, talked. Yeah. There you go. Um, sorry. One more, so is it, would Justin Fields go to the Ravens in this scenario? Is that what you're asking? Or I was mentioning the Ravens, but because Roman's no longer there, it's probably not as applicable. Um, but like, what do you think value-wise? What it does Fields carry in a trade? Is it a first-round oh. pick? Is it more than that? Is it less than that? Yeah, definitely a first. I would say definitely a first round pick. I don't think it's a monster haul, but I would say a, a first probably would mm-hmm. make sense for him. Now, the thing with both Fields and Lamar that with they get linked with the with the Greg Roman thing because um, Lamar obviously played under him, but neither of those quarterbacks were like just specifically run quarterbacks in college. They did play a little mm-hmm. bit more pro style. I think part of it was this the circumstances they were put in so i'm almost looking forward to one see lamar with a different oc to see how much his game changes if at all and Mm -hmm. with justin fields with more weapons i don't think we'll run as much um so just wanted to throw that out there but for Mm -hmm. as in terms of uh what the cost would actually be for something like justin fields hard to say but i would think a first rounder would make sense yeah, and I, I think when you look at it, you're you're almost weighing the okay, Justin Fields plus whatever haul we get for the one pick, or the one pick plus the pick we get for Fields, which one works better? And I would argue the Bears overall team is in need of some repair more so than needing uh, a quarterback. But Greenbeat, I want to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think Justin Fields is worth in a trade? And, you know, how much should they weigh in on the, uh, you know, not drafting him and and such? Yeah, I mean, I would think he's worth a first. I mean, there's lots of talent there. But whether or not they're going to get it, I mean, a lot of teams might not, you know, be 
you know, really looking for what he brings to the table. I mean, he struggled with, you know, his arm and he was like breaking records on the ground, but that's not exactly what everybody's looking for. So I don't know, man. I think they could get a first, like uh, was said in that clip you showed earlier, mm-hmm. the uh, demand exceeds the stock, right? So that could raise his value. But honestly, I think um, I think some teams are going to be hesitant. As talented as he is, I think some teams are going to be hesitant, so they might not be able to get that first. Yeah, it may not be worth them to move him uh, based on how much of a haul they could potentially get for that number one pick. Um, now, I want to talk a little bit about, you guys see the... Uh, I think it was the Athletic Writers Association or whatever putting out their uh, MVP votings for uh, Rookie of the Year. And Sauce got Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, Overall Rookie of the Year, and Garrett Wilson got Offensive Rookie of the Year. Do you think those awards match what the actual awards are going to end up being? Because that was not the official awards. (laughs) That was just, you know, one section of it. Matt, I'll throw it to you first. It should. It damn well should. Yeah, <laughs> yeah damn right it should. Yeah. Um, I think of the two, Sauce is more likely to win Defensive Rookie of the Year than Garrett Wilson is to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. If I had to pick just one, I hope both get it. I think both are deserving, but I, I think uh, Kenneth Walker is going to end up winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. Do you think that Brock Purdy should win offensive rookie of the year or rookie of the year, given what he's done to this point. No, not enough, not enough time. Really? If you consider Garrett Wilson, possibly enough, given the stats he showed in the limited amount of games, like, don't you think like the six or seven games we got from Purdy, you know, could at least justify it? I mean, considering he's like six and O. Oh. I mean, then give the award to Brees Hall. That's fair, right? Like, uh, you know, that that short amount of time. I guess you got to, hmm, interesting. I don't know. I should put, you know what? You know what? If I make a poll question, it's going to be all slanted Jets anyway. (laughs) I can't say should Brock Purdy get get rookie of the year. Uh, You know what? Let's let's do this. Let's do a poll question that is, should Brock Purdy be considered for offensive rookie of the year? Um, Well, you know what? Let's let's say we'll do... uh, who deserves Offensive Rookie of the Year? And we're going to say Kenneth Walker or Brock Purdy. Because we all know Garrett Wilson does deserve it. Let's be honest. It's got to be the only option. Yeah, I would think if you were making a top, or if I was making a top three, it would be Wilson, Walker, and Olave would be my top three. Wilson, Walker, and Olave. Yeah, I think because, God, it just sucks. Because I think Garrett Wilson would have won it, you know, factoring out Brees Hall, obviously, because I think Brees Hall would have won it. But if you just have any other quarterback play in the center of the schedule, like, Garrett Wilson is a runaway favorite for for this award. Like, as much as Kenneth Walker, I think probably deserves it maybe more um, based on what he put on the field, I just, I have a hard time looking at Garrett Wilson and not thinking like, man, he's so much more, not so much more, 
but like he's really, really impressive. No doubt. And talk about the Seattle Seahawks and the Jets both having phenomenal drafts. I mean, you could argue offensive and defensive rookie of the year for both teams. Yeah, which is impressive. To me, those two by far had the the best draft. The Ravens draft class was really good also, but and a Seattle, Seattle and, and the Jets, both of them, man. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The early votes for who deserves Offensive Rookie of the Year more in the live chat. We've only got 68 votes right now. 68% of you guys are saying Kenneth Walker. 32% say Brock Purdy. I'd imagine some of that has to fall on the team that surrounds Brock Purdy more so than the team that surrounds Kenneth Walker. Yes. I think that makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. We'll continue to have that up, and we will uh, get Green Bean's thoughts when he gets back. Uh, Daniel Bloom drops in, says Rogers said today he still feels under attack by Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson, specifically for his vaccine comments. Would he accept the trade to play for Johnson's? Uh, I don't the Johnson's not own Johnson and Johnson anymore. Isn't that like a, I don't think they're the, like the baby powder Kings anymore. I don't know, but money talks. (laughs) And I think, uh, if they were willing to pay that contract, I think he would still play. Yeah. Now I gotta, now I gotta look this up because I know they were forever, but like, I think, I don't think they currently own it. Um, yeah, I don't think they do chat. Let us know if that's in there at all. Um, I don't even see Woody Johnson listed on here. I don't know the yeah. answer. Yeah, I'm not sure. J&J is a public company, says Adam S. Um, yeah, I don't know the answer to this one, but I'm I'm almost positive they don't actually own Johnson & Johnson. I'm not sure this will actually be an issue. Uh, But, you know, an interesting thought, you know, could uh, off-the-field things possibly influence a player's decision to sign with a team? Yeah, absolutely. I think they definitely could. Um, I don't know if it necessarily... I think it depends on what it is. I mean, we saw it with the Deshaun Watson stuff, right? Like, that was all off the field, and clearly teams stayed away. The Jets would have been first in line for Watson had it not been for those allegations. Yeah. No, it, I mean, that's going to play a factor for some, and I I get that. I totally do. Uh, a little different, the the Watson and Rodgers. Like, one is mm. legally, the other is... That's true. Maybe... You know, uh, more of a personal yeah. stance, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you'd probably need, like... Well, I guess Watson was trying to get out of Houston because of the owner. So I think, yes, there is something for, you know, players not wanting to play for certain players because of certain things. Now, Watson was claiming racism, I think, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, or some kind of like uh, unfair treatment initially when he had his contract demands. And then I think everything sort of went sideways and it it sort of got away from that entire conversation. Um, I mean, we've seen other players leave. I guess they, they don't pick cities because of 
maybe pressures on the outside. Like people won't pick New York because of taxes more so than I think whatever Woody's, you know, preferences are like it, it, I don't know. I don't think Woody's affiliation or stances on anything are going to prevent us from signing a quarterback if we're the highest um, value. I think there's other factors that would come into play first. Like maybe like, I don't want to play in New York City. I don't want to pay the taxes. And I think those are, are more impactful than whatever Woody does. Well, and people also tried to make, like just to throw the opposite side of the coin on it um mm -hmm. people tried to say that uh players might not want to play for woody when he was serving as the ambassador because he was serving under president trump but that didn't really mm -hmm. seem to make a difference so um i think people read too much into this stuff um mm -hmm. i i don't think it's going to really matter it's money talks and if they're going to pay him the best and hell with new york you're going to get your marketing opportunities so i mm -hmm. think you would yeah, that's just it too. I mean, like, I guess when I look at my own personal life, like, would I, if I'm applying for a job, I'm applying for the position that I think I'm qualified for at the rate that I think I'm qualified to achieve. I could give two shits what the, what the owner of the company does for the most part. I mean, like if he does something clearly like outrageous, then you, you know, you probably just don't apply to that job, <laughs> yeah. but you know, by and large, I think, um, I think Rogers will will sign wherever he feels he has the best shot to win MVPs, which I think is an interesting conversation. And I think Greenbean brought it up at one point. Do you think there's more of a focus for Rodgers winning an MVP than there is for him winning a Super Bowl? No, he has already won two MVPs pretty recently, but I think him getting that second Super Bowl is pretty important for his legacy. Uh, I mean, at the end of his career, Peyton Manning in a similar spot went to a new team ended up winning a second Super Bowl with another team. And I think that really makes a big difference. Uh, the one Super Bowl versus two, I mean, Brady and the Patriots just completely like threw skew such it, a right? wrench. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you where like everyone has these unrealistic expectations where like one Super Bowl isn't enough anymore. And even sometimes it's like you scoff at Peyton Manning's too. Like that's not incredibly impressive also. But uh, I think the second Super Bowl would make a big difference for him. Um, real quick, we'll get back to the, the, the second Super Bowl and, and whatnot. Uh, Harry W says Johnson is, uh, the billionaire heir to the Johnson and Johnson fortune. Uh, but that doesn't say if he's still involved with it. And then a little further down, Thomas Pohl says no Johnsons hold any positions on the board of directors for Johnson and Johnson. So yeah, that's what I, okay. what I kind of thought. Um, but yeah, going back to Rogers and winning that second Super Bowl, I don't, view Rodgers as do you think Rodgers should take less money if he's more serious about a Super Bowl or should he take the same money that he thinks he's worth because that's what he's worth like do you think he has to follow the Tom Brady mold or should he follow the same mold that he's kind of always followed because he doesn't he's not one to take a discount that's kind of what we've yeah. seen over the last few years yeah, I mean, I think you can make a good case for him to take a discount and be like, hey, like I'm going to like if you really want to add to that legacy, you know, you do it. But at the same time, like it's just weird because in any other profession, it's like, why would I take less money to to work, at, you know, under my market value? That seems wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have a hard time saying that a player should try to take less money uh, for the, for themselves. It's just mm -hmm. it's weird. But. I mean, you can make a you can make a case for it if he's very serious about winning that that second ring. 
Um, but someone will trade for this contract, I think, to an extent. I mean, obviously, you're going to have to mm -hmm. rework some of the things more the last two years on the deal that are more mm -hmm. like void years anyway. But mm -hmm. I think they'll figure something out. Yeah, I would be surprised if Rodgers played more than two years. I think if you're mulling over retirement for, I think it's the last three years now, I don't think you drag it out another two. Um, and for those of you that have been bitching to me about Brett Favre and how that worked out for the New York Jets, let me drop some knowledge on you. Eight and three and first place in the AFC number one seed with a first round buy and home field throughout when Brett Favre tore his biceps. And then the following year had his best statistical season he ever had. Sign yep. me up for Aaron Rodgers all damn day if it's going to be something similar to Brett Favre. I just got to hope that, uh, look, Brett Favre didn't miss a game like his entire career. He comes to the Jets, tears his biceps, and misses his first game ever. Aaron Rodgers has played every game the last five years. I'm going to take the same, you know, roll of the dice that he's not going to get injured through these next two years paying the monster contract. Yeah, it, I've seen a lot of people point to that with, with the Favre, but people forget where they were before the injury uh and they just look at the end result and say well you know he threw a bunch of picks well yeah i mean he did but at the end of the year he was playing hurt should he have played through hurt probably not um but yeah eight and three number one seed it, it makes sense to take a swing like that yeah for sure it's it's i would not let Favre prevent me from signing Aaron Rodgers. Now, the trade compensation, I do feel like at this point in time is different than where it was in 2007 or eight, whenever that, that season was when we had Favre. Because quarterbacks have just seemed to have exploded in value. Look at 2015, right? Like we had we had Favre in 2008. In 2015, um, the price, or no, I'm sorry, not even 2015, 2012, so just a few years after that, Aaron Rod or not Aaron Rodgers, um, Peyton Manning leaves the Colts, signs as the highest paid quarterback at $19 million a year. So Peyton Manning, looking for another ring, signs the highest paid quarterback contract in 2012. Aaron Rodgers could definitely follow that same, you know, sort of footprint. He could. Yeah, he definitely could. And look, he made it work too. Uh, man, he didn't mm -hmm. win his first, what, three years with them but that last final year he finally made it isn't it ironic because people point out like quarterback play but mm -hmm. 2015 is what seven years ago mm -hmm. eight years ago Peyton yeah. Manning stunk that last year that was oh yeah that essentially be like having Zach Wilson playing quarterback not really because he has you know the <laughs> smarts were there <laughs> yeah but you know you know the point I'm trying to make he statistically yes. not not the same guy at all mm -hmm. so um yeah, I don't know, remember where I was going with that, but just wanted to toss that in the mix too. No, I mean, it's it's interesting to think about too. I mean, you think about how fast elite quarterbacks fall off a map. And that's the concern you do have with someone like a Tom Brady or like an Aaron Rodgers. These guys are getting up there in years. And whenever it happens, it seems to happen pretty quick. Peyton Manning was slinging the rock for like 50 plus touchdowns and then like... yeah couldn't like dry himself off with a towel if he tried like that's that's what it looked like <laughs> the final season bad. there I, dude it was bad it's it's a risk for sure and i think that's why i still fall like regardless of how things happen i still want Derek carr like i, I know rogers gives you a lot of hope but like for me it, i don't know i guess 
Carr and Rodgers are probably the two options that are realistic that give a lot of at least two years leeway for Salah and Douglas. I think that is the the time frame they're working with. And I think with Rodgers, you could get more because you're probably drafting another quarterback and giving them the additional year after Rodgers leaves, assuming he plays the two years with us, um, to kind of see what they have in a quarterback. I don't know. Matt, is there a, is there a preference that you have like between Carr and Rodgers? Carr, I think, is safer. Not necessarily better, but I think that is a mm-hmm. safer or the safest move because of what you would have to give up and pay and what you're going to... Like, for Carr, might not have to trade anything, but if you were to trade something for him, probably a day-two pick is going to be maybe a middle-of-the-pack quarterback where if you're trading mm-hmm. for Rodgers, you take into the risk that he's almost 40 years old. You might have to give up multiple firsts, um, all that stuff. And Lamar is even more than that and the potential injury history. So I think Carr is the quote-unquote safe play. Um, I like Carr. I would be fine if that's the direction that they wanted to go. But I also understand if they wanted to take a bigger swing than that. Scuttlebottle drops in says Ryan Favre didn't miss a game with the Jets. Is that true? I thought he did not start no. the final game of the season. I thought we broke his streak. Nope. He started every game. He just played hurt the last month. Did we pull him the final no. series? Are you sure? He... I'm like 90%. I'm like almost tempted, positive. The Jets tempted 40 passes against Miami the last week of the year. Maybe he didn't play every snap. Maybe that's what it was. Okay, let's see. Miami. Was Brett that Favre. week? I thought for Brad, sure. Well, if you want to count Brad Smith completing a pass, but I'm sure that was a trick play. Nah, man, I thought for sure he didn't play the final game of that season. Uh, Let's see. Kellen Clemens attempted five passes on the season. Brad Smith, two. But other than that, Brett Favre, 522. All right, so I guess I'm wrong. Hey, it is what it is. Uh, Matt, I'm going to switch you over to, bam, over here. There we go. Because uh, Green Bean's not coming back with us. Green Bean, feel better. Keep your fluids up. Um, yeah, who knows? Uh, oh, man, I had some good good thoughts in here. Where did I have it saved? Uh, Michael Murphy says, hey, so with Brees Hall back, what are we doing with Michael Carter? I need Bam Bam as the second running back. Yeah, I think you have Carter and Bam Knight as your next two running backs. You know, where you put them, like if you want to put Carter as number two, just because he kind of is the MVP, not the MVP, but like the captain. And I don't know if, actually, I don't know. Is Carter captain? He feels like he's the vocal captain. He's the voice in the locker room. Yeah, Um, he he is. uh, He's definitely well-liked and respected. I don't like the idea of putting labels on it. Like, I don't think you have mm -hmm. to be like, oh, this is our RB2 and this is our RB3. Uh, You know, some some weeks Carter might get more carries than Bam. Other weeks it might be Bam more than Carter. But if they're your three running backs with Hall back in the mix too, I I think that's more than okay. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's one of those situations where you don't label it. I I feel like it's like the, oh no, it's that, it's that girlfriend you have that asks if we should be uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, what are we? Uh, You don't have to worry about that. You can have all three and you can provide all the touches you want to any of them. Uh, Take that for what you will. Uh, Let's see. 
Kevin Chattis says, car can be had soon. Rogers will be had after June. Easy decision. Um, yeah, I do wonder what the decision winds up being and if there's any impact because for, for Rogers, it does seem like it would be after June 1st, unless he tried to renegotiate and maybe move some money, sorry, move some money around because he's going to have far less options if he's traded after June 1st than before, especially when you're, you're considering like, okay, uh, Batiari is going to get cut. Where does he sign for agency? Alan Lazard gets cut. Where does he sign for agency? Like Rogers is going to want to know where he's going to end up. I think before free agency starts. And I think there's going to be some type of agreement, whether it's a restructuring from Rogers that facilitates the trade or like a handshake agreement between the Packers and the other team that gets that trade done. I, I think you'll know where Rogers yeah. is going to be well before June 1st. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. I think they're going to have to do something because then what team is waiting that long for Rodgers to be their plan A? You can't go into you're you're getting a month out from training camp essentially at that point. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it gets concerning especially with all the salary cap maneuvering that you're going to have to wind up doing and you want to have the benefit of have, having Aaron Rodgers and maybe having players take less money. Like I think you could go to CJ Mosley and say, hey, look, we're trying to win a Super Bowl these next two years. While you're here, we want you to retire a jet. Let's restructure your contract. Let's bring back the two linebackers that you've worked with uh, last year. You worked with Quincy the last two years. Let's bring them back. We're going to save some money. We're going to bring in Aaron Rodgers. We're going to add all these extra pieces. I think that's how you get guys to kind of save money and move along. If you bring Rodgers in in June, I, I don't know if you necessarily get that. I mean, you could always restructure, I guess, but then you're not getting the benefit of signing other players with the money that you would have saved from those restructurings. Yeah, wouldn't that be like one of your biggest bargaining chips to get mm -hmm. one people to restructure and then two in free agency? It's like, hey, come play with Aaron Rodgers. We're loading up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thomas Hewitt says, we got a two-year window with this young team. We need Rodgers. That's the benefit of a Rodgers is because we have so much young talent. Aside from Quinn and getting paid either this offseason or next, depending on how they decide to, to work it, um, you're looking at probably the next players to get to get longer term deals are the players from the 2021 draft. So guys like AVT uh, deciding on Zach's fifth year option after next season. Uh, Elijah Moore, I would imagine in the situation where you get Aaron Rodgers, you're probably letting Elijah Moore walk after the 2024 season um because it would be what 21 22 23 24 yeah so it'd be you wouldn't renegotiate with him i don't think based on everything that's kind of happened um but again that's two years down the road you could still re-sign him before he hits free agency in 2025 um and i agree with the, with the money you're looking at avt will be on his fourth year he'll have his fifth year option left still uh in 2025 right 21 22 23 24 25 21 22, 23, 24, 25. Yeah, yep. So AVT will be on his fifth year option in 2025 yeah. when the big $60 million dead cap hit is supposed to hit. And and Matt, you brought it up before. You could spread that over two years if you designate him a June 1st uh, retiree or cut or whatever. Um, But either way, all these young players that we have, the money is not going to kick in, the big money, until after their rookie contracts. They'll get paid and they'll have the guarantees and everything but they will structure it in such a way that you get the benefit of having those cheap rookie contracts. 
Um, so yeah, two year window for Rogers. I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you could arguably say something similar with Carr. I mean, you could let him if you're giving him like say a three year contract fully guaranteed. You could, in theory, I guess you know, see what you have in Zach after three years. And if you don't like him, then you don't exercise the fifth year option, or you cut Zach, and then you draft a quarterback maybe in 2025. Or no, would it be 25, 22? No, three, four. Yeah, you draft one in 24 to sit four. for one year behind Carr, um, I think, in that sort of situation. Young team, yeah. window. What do you think? Yeah, that's – no, 100%. That's – the window is now because of all these guys on their on their deals. You know, you got to start giving them their money in a, in a few years' time. But over the next two or three years, they're all going to be on cheap deals well under their market value – Now's really the only time that you could splurge and, you know, do it on a different position. Yeah. And with what Thomas is saying too, Rogers almost provides you a better value because he is gone in two years where Carr might be here longer than that. Um, And you could probably have like a Zach versus rookie quarterback competition in 2025 where you're probably not doing that with Carr. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting because they they both provide such different things. Like Rodgers has the, you know, the upside of being the four time MVP, uh, where Carr, you know, you don't have to trade for him or less likely to have to give up a lot. Yeah, no, one hundred one hundred percent. And if you want to go through the route of Rodgers for two years, you sit Zach behind Rodgers and then maybe give him another kick at the can in twenty twenty four twenty five, then that might be your best selling point on actually trying to develop and grow him. Uh, Ooh, this is interesting. Ooh, say to God is a, uh, he says, I'm a Raiders fan, but show mad love for the jets and hate the bills and overrated ass. Josh can't get it done. Allen. So, Ooh, to God, I want you to comment. How do you feel about Derek Carr? Because as a Raiders fan, I would love to know your insight. Having watched all those games, and give me, I feel like Raiders fans feel like Carr was done dirty this year. Yeah. And I would want to gamble on that. But I want to hear what your input has to say. So if you see something, ah, there it goes. Okay. Let's see. Udegaard says, Carr had Waller, Renfro, the best number one wide receiver in Adams, and the best running back in Jacobs, and didn't get it done. To that argument, he did not have all of them on the field at the same time. That would be the, the argument for there. Do you subscribe to the thought process that McDaniels submarined the Raiders season because he did not want Carr? Give me that he, answer in the chat. Oh, okay. Uh, it's like, I, I don't oh, know. no. Well, Matt, do you, do you think that the, the Raiders submarined the season? Um, they lost three games by, by after leading by 17 points, and they're three and five after having like leads in two score games or something like that. I think it was just a a happy little coincidence that this was able to happen for them. And and look, McDaniels likes to get his own guys in there. I think it's uh, a little frustrating for them for sure, but I put it more on the defense and the coaching than Carr. Yeah, that's kind of where I fall on this as well. I'm excited. I'm going to have uh, Wi-Fi Willie. For those of you guys that have heard me talk about the uh, conspiracy theory about the Raiders and, and Josh Allen and everything, 
Wi-Fi Willie was the one that put out that video that I've I've kind of talked about a little bit more. And one of my close friends who's a Raiders fan has has sent me his videos and was like, yo, I'm telling you, this is what's going on. And I was like, okay, I believe you. Let me talk to him. Let's see what we got. So I'm going to try and link up with him so we can put together a collab uh, and hear what he has to say about the Raiders. Uh, Blitz Crew drops in, says, I get Rodgers is Zach's idol. Is their play style similar enough to be a mentor? Any question options with a more similar style uh, play style? Any question options with more similar play style? Um, I do think Rodgers and Zach are similar. I think Zach probably modeled his game after growing up watching Rodgers. Um, even just watching the two of them play, it, it, it seems like, you know, the flick of the wrist, the ball's down the field. They like getting out of the pocket. I think Zach's probably a little more elusive from like a running standpoint than Rodgers is, where Rodgers has more of the pocket presence to slide around the pocket. Not, not that he's not mobile. He definitely is. Um, but yeah, I think at the very least, Zach could sit and watch what Rodgers does, see how he prepares and all that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think for me, I think Zach will be fine behind Rodgers. There's some personality traits that that would be more of a concern, more so than the play style. Matt, your thoughts on Blitzcrew's comment here. No, I think stylistically, that's exactly what Zach is trying to be. That guy who... Uh, can move out of the pocket and extend plays and has a bazooka for an arm. That's why he was getting in the pre-draft process the, you know, the comparisons to Rodgers and Mahomes. Obviously, that's very lofty comparisons, but you know, stylistically, it's that gunslinger, big arm, can make plays, you know, extending plays going out of the pocket. Um, so yeah, I think Rodgers would be a good fit and a better fit than a Jimmy G or Derek Carr in terms of from just the mentor perspective, because I think he is closer to Zach's game than Carr, Jimmy G or Lamar. I completely agree. Uh, oh, to God. OC to God uh, says, I believe in Josh McDaniels. Look at those games and how Carr couldn't throw touchdowns in the second half of those games. He says, Wi-Fi Willie is a car lover, so he will be biased towards Carr. The Raiders cap space this year for offense was 107 million. The defense was 60 million. And that 60, most of that 60 million went to uh, Max and Chandler Jones. Um, so, that's a weird thing to look at because you're factoring in $30 million from your quarterback um, at one position on the offense. So when you factor out the quarterback, it's closer to 70 million, 60 million. But I understand what you're saying with a lot of money going to the two edge rushers. Yeah. Look, the Raiders have a lot of issues on defense. I think that that much is clear. They've had those issues since Carr has been there. Um, but I guess my my question is, is he a stat patter or is he somewhere closer to Kirk Cousins? Because if he's closer to the Kirk Cousins side of, the, side of things, I'm 100% on board. I think you can win with Kirk Cousins. I think it's just – I don't know if it's necessarily Kirk's fault they haven't won in Minnesota. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, uh, like, are we sure the interior of that offensive line is any good on, on the Raiders? Like, he's not a very mobile quarterback, so you need to have a strong offensive – line there yes the weapons are there jacob's good adam's good waller good renfro a nice slot but i don't i don't know man i i just look at some of the things there and the the comeback victory stat where it's like doesn't he have the most comebacks in the league over the last three years 
he has the most comebacks in the league since 2014. I think it's 33. I think Stafford is 30. I think I saw Lamar up there and Cousins was the other one. The argument against that is that if Carr had his team winning, he wouldn't have to come from behind. That's why you don't see goats like Rodgers, Breeze, or Brady in those conversations because they have their team winning more so than not. Um, so there, it's it's a weird stat for sure. I think it's good. I think it does also reflect a little bit of how poor the defense has been since he's been there and he's had to come back. Um, but it's not quite as cut and dry as saying like, you know, he's super clutch because he has the most comebacks because, you know, whatever. Um, I think it, I'm pretty sure. Oh, you know what? It was I think it was Carr 33, Stafford 30, Cousins 28. And then I want to say it was like Lamar 27, but I, I I don't remember who that fourth person was. Yeah, I only just found this uh, game day graphic. It says since 2015, most game-winning drives in the NFL car with 29 and most fourth-quarter comebacks in the NFL car 23. It's certainly not a bad stat to have. <laughs> I'll say that much. Uh, Pedro drops in and says, we need car. We give up less. I want consistent playoff team. If Rodgers can't do it in two, we're rebuilding again. Our defense better than the Raiders. Yeah, our defense is definitely better than the Raiders. Their pass rushers are elite. Chandler Jones and Max uh, Crosby were were absolutely filthy. I would love to have those guys on this team. Um, Now, as far as we're a consistent playoff team, you could argue that the Raiders have not been a consistent playoff team with, with Carr. And can the Jets sustain a top offense you know, paying a quarterback and, and whatnot. Um, I think they can. I think we've, we've hit so well on our young players that it's not going to be an issue. Um, and I don't necessarily mind if you go with Rodgers and rebuild in two years. Because like I mentioned, you don't ha- you can exercise Zach's fifth-year option if you believe that Rodgers is going to play 16 games or 17 games each of these next two years. The only way that fifth-year option is guaranteed is for injury. So Zach Wilson would have to not be able to pass an in, uh, pass a physical in March of 2025, I guess. And if he doesn't pass that physical, then you're on the hook for his fifth-year option. You would basically be using him as quarterback that year. That would be the, the, the worst-case scenario in that situation. But like what the Packers did this year, they signed Jordan Love to his fifth-year option because they saw enough behind the scenes. Now, with Zach, it's not an apples-to-apples comparison because we saw 20-plus games from Zach Wilson where he was not good, where the you know the Packers did not see that from, from mm-hmm. Jordan Love. But because we have so much invested, you remember the Packers traded up to get Love at, like in the 20s. The Jets took Wilson with the number two overall pick. You're got to pay Zach anyway. You might as well sit here for two more years and allow him to kind of you know grow, develop, exercise his fifth-year option. But if you're in a situation that final year, that 2024 year, and you've already made the determination halfway through the season that Zach isn't the guy, then you put in your third string quarterback kind of ish like the Raiders did where you don't want to guarantee the next year of contract because of injury. That's that's what you would wind up doing, I think. Matt, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think how you kind of just spelled it out makes a lot of sense there. Um, and hopefully... You know, there's no way to know now, but hopefully it would be the best thing for for Zach to sit. Um, I I get what Pedro's saying here with uh, need to get card, be giving up less, uh, and the consistent playoff team. I get that. I'm not anti-car. I like car a lot. With Rogers, it 
allows you to take a bigger swing at the quarterback position because let's face it uh, you know Carr, even the people who are highest on Carr, they don't put him in the same level as rogers because he's not um sure and then it also allows you to potentially go back to zach or a different young quarterback that you've stashed behind there and go from there so i don't think it would be a complete rebuild if it doesn't work in two years yeah, I agree. And and even still, like if you don't like what you have in Zach, you draft the quarterback and you hit the reset button anyway, because you have all the guys that you love on your team right now are getting paid high contracts. So you have to go back to the rookie quarterback route while you're paying those guys, assuming you don't want to like trade all them for like draft picks and then try to go back to the quarterback again. Um, I don't think the Jets will do that. I think they would they'll go vet quarterback now whether that be Carr or Rodgers, and then eventually go back to the rookie route or, or some type of grooming route uh, behind one of those quarterbacks. Uh, Pedro also drops in and says, we lost too many games by very little with no uh, with zero offense. Carr and Hall will score and our defense will close out the rest. I think you can plug in almost any quarterback to this Jets team and you'll have success more than, more than the Jets. If you get top half of the league play we were talking about if you had like below average quarterback play instead of 33rd or 34th ranked quarterback play in zach wilson the jets are probably a playoff team so if i'm getting top half of the league which is what you're doing if you're signing someone like a jimmy g or a uh rogers or a lamar or a car i think you're you're definitely getting that yeah well a thousand percent i i agree a thousand percent even if it was you know, like you said, on, on the lower end, the the car or the Jimmy G or someone like that, they will be good enough to be a playoff team. It's just really, and it all goes back to how big of a swing you want to take. Like I understand why Joe Douglas and slash or the Johnsons would want to take a big swing on a Rogers or a Lamar to maximize this team's ceiling. I get it. Talking Jets with Tigo drops in. What's up, Tigo? How you doing? He says yep. outside of the quarterback. Which we all want the Jets to make a big splash on. What position would you want the Jets to make a big splash on? And why is it safety? Tigo. Interesting. I feel like for our defense, the area we could most improve is safety because of the way we lost on those over-the-top type plays yeah. throughout the year. Um, now, as far as outside of quarterback... I couldn't give two shits about the defense. I don't care about what happens on the defense. We have done enough for the defense. I don't care if you have undrafted free agents playing both safety positions and all three linebacker positions if you had to. I would rather invest that second thought after quarterback to the offensive line. That's my, my thought. It's it, You need to get the quarterback right. As, like, it, I, as much as I love having a top five defense, if I have a top 15 defense with the pressure that our front four can generate and the the uh, the takeaway potential that our secondary can have based on the pressure that's created with that front four, if you're consistently putting teams in a position where they have to constantly throw on you and they're not running or doing those dump-off type passes, I think you're going to be just fine. So I, I like the offensive side of the ball. The offensive line is where I'm focusing second after quarterback. What about you, Matt? Yep, 1,000%. You, you hit it on the head. You have to figure out offensive tackle – potentially center as well. I think you know who your two guards are going to be next year in Tomlinson and uh, AVT. Um, safety is definitely something that I want to improve. Safety and linebacker are really the two spots mm -hmm. on the defense that I think 
need the most attention. It doesn't need a massive splash. I think you could do a draft pick in the second or third round and a mid-tier free agent, and that would be a massive improvement. Yeah, I don't think I want to spend big on linebacker or safety in free agency at all. Like for me, whatever money you save from restructuring CJ Mosley, which I think is about $10 million, if I could pay Quincy Williams and Quan Alexander each $4 million, now that's three times or four times the amount that Quan got this year. And I believe that's over two times or three times the amount that Quincy got this year. So $4 million each a year and you bring back CJ Mosley. I like that a lot more. And then I like the idea of going with the safety in the draft. I think if you go in the second round with a safety, you're getting a starting caliber player. Um, I mean, you look at the all-rookie team this year, Jalen Petrie and uh, Kyle Hamilton, two really good rookies. Uh, Now, obviously, Kyle Hamilton taken in the middle part of the first round. Petrie, I believe, was a third-round pick, if I'm... Was it end of the second? I think it was end of the second. Was he Houston? Is that yep. where he ended up going? So I think it was top of the second or top uh, top of the third, I think, is where he wound up going. Um, I don't exactly remember. But yeah, Tigo, I like what you're talking about. Um, but uh, sorry, offensive line for me. Uh, Blitzcruz says, any punters worth a pick this year? No, we're not even going to go into that because I would rather sign a free agent punter or go undrafted free agent, not drafting a punter. He's uh, picked Joe 37, S. by the way. I just looked it up because it was bothering me. Jalen 37. 37. Okay. Yeah. Top of the second round. Oh, so we traded in front of Houston to get Brees Hall because Brees Hall was going to go to Houston and they took Correct. Petrie. Is that what wound up going? And then Correct. two picks later, I think Walker went or, or a few picks later, Walker went. I think that's what, how it wound up shaking out. Uh, Joe S drops in, says getting Aaron Rodgers is like when the Rangers got Messier. I think you can a hundred percent win with someone like Rodgers in a short window. And I think the Jets have the cap space to be able to devote to that type of contract right now because it's not going to impact you in the seasons that you're trying to compete in. Like we said earlier today, $15 million from Rodgers this year, $32 million next year. If you're signing Derek Carr, you're probably paying him $33 million a year, if not more than that. So you're getting Aaron Rodgers for less than you would get for Carr aside from the draft picks. And if you're going all in on a Super Bowl, why not give up the picks to get Aaron Rodgers uh, in this type of situation? So, Joe, I I agree. I think there's a, a, a very cool value in going after Rodgers, and it allows you to possibly have the next five to ten years, if Zach does pan out, to, like, really, really take off. Because what Rodgers provides you is something that the NFL has lost. And you don't get to allow a quarterback to sit and learn because of those rookie contracts. And if you could get a Rodgers, it allows you to do just that. And I think there is some value in that, especially after you've you've put such a high investment into Zach Wilson. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, I I get it. Like the, the analogy is getting a guy who still has something to prove at the end of his career. And it works and it clicks. And, you know, that was the missing piece that, you know, they needed to win a championship. I hope that would be the case if you were landing in Aaron Rodgers. It feels like, you know, the Jets are really missing that that quarterback. So maybe that would really be the thing that put him over. Uh, let's see. What did I, I just saw something in here. 
Uh, ooh, this is scary. Kevin Chattis says, better analogy is Rodgers like Durant and Kyrie with smaller window of winning. God, that would suck. <laughs> that would be I awful. Know. I don't like Kyrie. Well, no, he's one of them. I don't really follow basketball, but he seems extremely mm-hmm. unlikable. Um, I don't. I don't know. There's let. There's only you know five players on a field at a time for basketball, and how big of the rosters? Twelve. I, I don't know if that's fair. The the Nets were they completely rebuilded and went veteran route. It's not like they had a ton of young talent, at least from my understanding. I don't know. Finger Lakes drops in with a nice thing. Rams afforded Donald Stafford, Cup, Ramsey, Beckham Jr. Robert Woods and Allen Robinson, the Jets should be able to afford stuff. That's what I've been saying. The cap is a myth. It doesn't actually exist. It's like chemtrails and flat earth. It's all real. <laughs> Lizard people, my friend. <laughs> the cap is part of that conspiracy theory. It's like, oh, oh God. I don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, look, yeah. I, I think you can make some really cool cap things happen without crippling yourself too much. I mean, look at the Jets just in 2021 we carried 75 million dollars of our 200 million dollar salary cap on ir and we had 35 million dollars in dead cap the jets were playing with half of half a roster last year like you're not last year but two years ago last Mm -hmm. year you know less so you had more of your your contract uh and whatnot and the jets looked better because of it when you don't play with all your salary cap that's a huge issue now I've seen people say, oh, you can't devote that much money to a quarterback. Well, you can devote that much money to a quarterback and you can win, but you just have to hit on some of your other areas and it does create a thinner margin of error. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think looking at the amount of money that's left on IR and the money that's left in dead cap from bad contracts, that adds up to a higher number than the detriment of whatever quarterback you sign. That is a great point. I think the amount of injuries that they've had and the amount of money that's been on IR and, you know, important draft picks, all that stuff plays a factor. But kind of just to piggyback off of what a Finger Lakes is saying here, you know, you should be able to afford talent. And on top of that, the Jets have young talent that aren't costing nearly as much as a Donald Stafford Cup, Ramsey, Beckham Jr., Woods, all those guys. So you figure it out. You just got to. Yeah, I mean, let's let's go through the list that Finger Lakes has here and even consider like who would take up the money. Aaron Donald, you got to figure Quinnen Williams is going to be almost $10 million cheaper. You're probably thinking he's going to get around $22 million as opposed to $32 million that Donald's getting. So that's a $10 million savings there. Stafford's probably going to get more than, than Carr, um, probably less than Rodgers, but cap hit wise won't be as big of an issue. I don't know what Cup's deal is, but the Jets don't have any receivers that are going to be remotely close to that. Ramsey, we have no corners remotely close to that because Reed is our highest paid corner, and I think he's somewhere around eight or nine or ten, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Beckham Jr., wide receiver-wise, I don't know what he took with the Rams, but we're going to cut Corey Davis and have an additional $10.5 million to spend on a wide receiver if we want to, like an Alan Lazard, which is what SpotTrack claims his market value to be. Um, and then Robert Woods and Alan Robinson, I don't know what their contracts are, but either way, we got Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. So yeah, those are, those are far bigger contracts. Now, the Rams are going to run into some more dead cap down the road because they've you know, I don't think they've made a pick in the first round since 2000. I, I don't think they've made a pick since Goff in the first round. I think 2015 or 16, whenever that was. That was 16. Was that the last one? 
I think it was because they took they traded two for Ramsey, two for Stafford, and they gave up at least one for Marcus Peters. I think didn't they? Um, or did Peters go the other way? Did Peters go to the Ravens for a first? Now I don't know. I don't think they've made a pick since Goff no. in the first yeah, round. You're right. You're right. They haven't. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> but the other nice thing about Douglas, right? Like if we're talking about, like for me, I look at Douglas's draft history and I look at the first two rounds. You are a good GM if you hit on 50% of your first two picks. Douglas, That's if you funny. consider Zach Wilson, Denzel Mims, and Makai Becton, all three of them busts, Joe Douglas is 70%. So for me, if you're giving away three picks and you're looking at the value that Douglas can provide in undrafted free agents that he has brought in, in waiver wire claims, in late round draft picks, the the talent acquisition or the talent recognition that Douglas has gives me more confidence to give up more of those premium picks because I think we can make it up on the back end. You just lose that one year of contractual um, control and then obviously, you know, your 32 picks quality-wise worse in the the player department potentially. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you there and it's so it's interesting to see how they were able the Rams were able to do that and survive. Like you're just looking back, they they had guys who served pretty important roles on that team that were taking, you know, after, Cooper Cup was a third-round pick in 2017. Um they also had Van Jefferson played a role on that team. He was a second rounder. Uh, they were able to find value outside of the first round, which is you know important to drafting. And and you're right. That's a good point. Bringing up with the uh, the miss rate on these guys, it's not easy. You're not going to have a hundred percent hit hit rate. Um, it helps if you're able to. I, I think his biggest flaw, his being Douglas's biggest flaw so far, has been free agency. I think if he sure is that up a little bit, then the, there's no reason that you know, the Jets can't be competitive for next year with the addition of a big quarterback. I completely agree with you, Matt. Uh, Matt, I'm going to have you go to last week's Talking Jets panel. Um, I actually have no idea <laughs> if Green Bean has any qualifiers. Um, Ooh, I don't believe so. I don't know if he's taken any. Let me here. You you look up those five. I'm going to I'll text Green Bean. Okay. All right, we'll see what he says. Worst case scenario, um, I guess I just apologize to those of you that were selected by Green Bean. <laughs> I'm going to select some new ones now, so uh, yeah. sorry, my rules, my show. Um, <laughs> let's see what we got. Okay, winner. For every 25, whoops, sorry, popping things up on different parts of the screen now. Uh, for every 25 likes we get on this show, we pick a qualifier for a t-shirt giveaway that we're doing right now. So I've got to pick eight, nine winners, nine, not, or sorry, nine qualifiers, not winners. I'm not giving nine of you guys shirts. Um, Harlan. Harlan, that's one. Harlan Abraham. Oh, Green Bean texted me back. He says he's got him. Oh, look at that. Look at look at Green Bean go. See, you guys are... It's because he's hanging out with us. He's hanging out in there. Uh, let's see. I'll keep going because I'm sure we have some more likes in here than what Green Bean had anyway. Uh, 
We got Kev Chatta. Boom. That's two. I like it. See, I'm just going to keep ripping these until Green Might as well. back. Yeah. We'll, we'll have bonus winners or bonus qualifiers if I have to. Why not? Uh, Jet Up Buttercup. That's a great name. It really is. <laughs> I really like it. That's a good one. Uh, let's see. What else we got? See, I'm going to wind up picking like nine qualifiers or ten qualifiers. Ooh, okay. So we got it. We got Ryan Rivera. Uh, sorry, I just, I got Sean Ireland that I just got right now. Uh, it's Snoopy. Daily Dukes. Joe Campone. Campione. Uh, Joe S. Matt Ryder. Right, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ooh, we got ten. Matt, you looking at this poll right now? We've got 325 votes. Who deserves Offensive Rookie of the Year more other than Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall? 50-50, Kenneth Walker, Brock Purdy. I'm going to hit end poll right now because we got an odd amount of votes, which means when I end okay. it, we're going to see what exactly it wound up being. Ooh, 50% oh Brock Purdy, 49% Kenneth Walker. Interesting. So stupid. I think Purdy should this get it, I, especially if he winds up getting to the Super Bowl. Like I, I think playoffs should count. I don't think it should count towards like stat, you know, accumulation, like yardage and touchdowns and shit. But like, if you're winning games, especially as a quarterback, like there's got to be some weight to that. Then split the award in half. Do a rookie of the first half of the year, Brees Hall. Rookie of the second half of the year, Brock Purdy. Garrett Wilson, love it. Absolutely love your thought <laughs> process, Matt. I think we could win all the rookie. <laughs> Rookies of the um, year. Uh, okay, so we got our qualifiers from Green Bean. I've got my qualifiers that I threw in here. Matt, can you give me five qualifiers from last week's show? Sure. We'll do Clifford S6971. Okay. The Highlander Prime. Okay. Marlon King 5924. Okay. AB21. Okay, one more. John Live3897. All right, let's do a little bit of odds or evens here. Three, two, one. We got an eight, so we're getting rid of the evens. Kev Chata, gone. Ryan Rivera, gone. It's Snoopy, gone. Joe Campone, gone. Matt Ryder, gone. Highlander Prime gone. AB21 gone. Three, two, one. That's a five. We're getting rid of the odds. Harlan Abraham gone. Sean Ireland gone. Joe S gone. Marlon King gone. We are down to one, two, three, four left. Three, two, one. We got a six. We're getting rid of the evens. Daily Dukes gone. John Live, gone. We're down to Clifford S. And Jet Up Buttercup. I know which one I'm rooting for because of the name. But let's see how it shakes out. Chat, give us a number. First one after Ethan, or first one after Dylan Grace. Three, two, one. Matt, give us a number. Got a seven. Seven plus whatever the chat throws up. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? 
Seven plus an eight. That's an odd number. Oh, oh. no! Jetta Buttercup lost. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Clifford S. Clifford S. Where's your boom? There you go. See, right there. Right Ooh. somewhere. There you go. There. Clifford S. Reach out to me on social media. Hit me up on my uh, email. Reach out to me on email. Jetstalk247 at gmail.com. I'll get your information. I'll send you out a shirt for uh, hanging out with us and always supporting the stream. So, guys, on your way out, make sure you hit that like button. We love you guys. Matt, any last words for our panel? I love it. Tomorrow we got a new episode of Just Jets. We're talking all the quarterback rumors, answering your voicemails, having a ton of fun. Appreciate it. If you guys follow along at Matt O'Leary NY, it's always fun talking with you. Boys and girls, it has been a lot of fun. We're going to figure out this quarterback situation together. It's going to be a lot of fun over these next month or so. Lots of speculation going on. Green Bean, we're hoping you're feeling better over there. We'll see you guys next week. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S! I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's against the wall, you never have to feel like you got to do it by yourself. You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one the Mims. That's Corey Davis climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like get like a second chance almost. Gets extra pushes, running left. Maybe a little extra life breathing in the locker. Touchdown, Jets!